everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Uh, welcome to this week's live. We are doing it slightly earlier than we normally do um, because Lee's grumpy and uh, he needs he needs it done early. I'm only joking. He has his family here with his lovely sister next to him today. Um, so we're doing it a bit early. Um, obviously, you can watch this back um, on the group uh, or listen to the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast, uh, thank you very much and I hope you enjoy it. So this week, um, we are going to be chatting to you about payroll. Um, and the reason we've decided to talk about payroll is because it is a topic that comes up quite a bit. And I've noticed in the other groups over the last few days, there's been a lot of people asking about uh, the ins and outs of payroll, how they do it, what tools they should use, you know, can they use an accountant, et cetera, et cetera. So as always, if you have any questions, please pop them in the comments. I know we've already had a couple of questions on the post in the group, so I will ask them at the end. Um, and I'll just ask Jodie and put her on the spot and see if she knows the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might have to leave at that point because I've got another meeting. So. <laughs> um, for those of you obviously who don't know who's sitting next to Lee, um, Jodie's our payroll manager um, for the clients that use us for the payroll. Um, and obviously you'll talk to her on a regular basis, but she's just joined us today. Um, because we are going to get as, as a one-off. <laughs> uh, that's what she thinks. Uh, we are going to get our staff to do some more lives, so you're not just sitting staring at mine and Lee's face every week. Um, so you will start to see some different faces uh, talking about different topics. So, oh, actually, before we start, I have some very exciting news that Lee wasn't really that excited about, and I was, is the fact that we've been shortlisted for um, New Firm of the Year, sponsored by Zero. So we are going to advertise that as well, because I'm very proud of it, even though Lee is a bit sceptical. I'm very so. proud of this. Just... Since I joined, we've been we've gone for <laughs> Yeah, it's all Jodie's doing, basically, that we've won, well, potentially might win this award, so... I'm chuffed, but anyway, yeah, that's all right, Jodie. So, right, let's get cracking then. Um, right, I guess uh, to Lee then, if, well, what is payroll? If someone wants to hire someone, what's the first thing they need to do? What should they be thinking about? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> and normally I'd have the answer right off the bat. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so... I think payroll is the processing of somebody's wages that works for you, where you you um, analyze and make sure that any tax and national insurance is deducted at source, and then you pay that over to HMRC. And the payroll process involves you reporting that information on a weekly or monthly payroll, depending on how often you pay that employee. Um, but the key part of that is that, that that report has to go to them on or before the employee's pay date. Uh, so depending on the values and the personal setup of the, the employees that you have, some people may need a payroll scheme, some people may not. Uh, but generally speaking, if you've got more than one employee, they have other jobs um, or you're paying in excess of a certain value, you must run a payroll scheme and you must report what's called RTI information to HMRC. Um, so, yeah, and it can be done in several ways. 
Um, you have the likes of, uh, you can use free tools via HMRC's website. I've never used those personally. I was going to say, is that any good? Yeah, for the feedback that I've had, it's very difficult. If you swap computers, if something happens to yours, it's an absolute nightmare to get your records back. Um, So it's not something that I have used, so I can't recommend either way. I can only go back by feedback that we've had. Um, We have used several systems, and we now have settled on BrightPay. Um, A lot of our clients that are with us for payroll will know why we use that system and the benefits that it has for the employer and the employees. Um, It's also cloud-based in terms of what happens in the cloud. It's backed up, but there's things that the employees can do that automatically pull through onto our payroll system. So if they update their their addresses, um, if they needed letters, like we have to send letters for pensions and an automatic enrollment, their P45s, their their P60s, their payslips, all that information is in that app for that employee. So you don't even have to print anything these days with our system. Um, also, BrightPay is good for the employer as well. Yes. Because they can either have as much or as little control as they want to the payroll. Yes. So you can either put in the hours themselves and have total control and we can process it and get it to HMRC, or they can just email us the hours and we can process it for them because they want it as automated but left to somebody else to look after as much as they want. So it is the employer gets as much input as they want as well. So it works both yeah. ways. So it's, it's, it's a brilliant system that we use. And it's got a really good app. Yes. <laughs> is BrightPay something that only accountants get to use or if someone wants to do it themselves, they could also use it? They, they you Absolutely. As, a, as an employer, you can go to BrightPay and purchase the software for them. It's an annual fee that you have to pay every year for, for each year of the payroll. Um, their prices are, they're, they're not the cheapest software out there, um, but that's reflected in the, in the bits and pieces that you get inside it. And all the features it's got. Yeah. And unfortunately, the BrightPay Connect side, which is the payroll portal, that is an extra charge. So whereas we swallow that fee up and, and provide that to our clients free of charge, um, if, if an employer wanted to do it and use those services, then they do have to pay per employee per month for that additional yeah. service. So sometimes and it is beneficial then to get an accountant to do it or you know, payroll I mean, specialist. One, they're not paying the, the, the initial outlay for the software. They're not paying the ongoing fee for the, the BrightPaid Connect side. But also you've got experience here. Both myself and Jody are, are qualified and we hold a diploma in payroll management. So if something goes wrong or if your employee goes off sick, um, if somebody comes to you with, 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 with pregnancy and they're going on maternity, we know how to deal with that. We mm. know what to, to do with it, what correctly. they can and can't have. The calculations, they're complex. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can even help with advanced maternity claims. So that's where you can actually get the money from the government upfront for the for the, for the the time that the 39 weeks that that employee is going to be off, we can get you that money up front. But also at um, the time for admin as well. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's the time that the employer has to, like you said, look, read up about the H, um, maternity pay. Yeah. We've got that at our disposal. We know what it is. So you haven't got to sit and try and calculate it and then, or like I said, apply for the maternity grant and things. It is this thing that we can do for you. Uh, and take that you. stress away. And then yeah. they are complex. And don't get me wrong, the forms and the help that HMRC provides they're not helpful if if you can get through in case they've shut their line for four months in which case you screwed (laughs) 
<laughs> um, okay. The, obviously, you know, Lee, we get asked, you know, all the time regarding self-assessments and things, can I do this myself? And I guess from a payroll perspective, if someone wanted to do it themselves, and obviously we're not here to go, yeah, use us and, and sell our services at all. We very rarely do that. So from a, a complete like objective view, would you say that people could do it themselves? Or is it too, like, you know, we say limited companies, for example, we would never advise you to do it yourself because it's very complex. Self-assessment, you know, if you want to give it a go, then crack on. Payroll, what would you say? Do it yourself or get someone? Only the small, but just one employee. It's it's difficult to answer the question because when things go right, payroll potentially can be quite easy, depending on the type of contract that you mm. have with that employee. If it's a salaried employee and okay. they don't present any sickness, any um complex holiday needs or any um statutory maternity pay, statutory adoption pay, statutory sick pay. Um basically anything along those lines, you might have a deduction of earnings. You could have um an agreement, you could have salary sacrifice, you might have to P11D and payroll benefit in kinds. So what sets out as an easy payroll where you're just clicking a button and rolling the payroll Mm. forward month in, month out, suddenly becomes a HR minefield. And once you start getting it wrong, it gets very wrong very quickly. And HMRC are nice and friendly and can really help until you've done something wrong. And then it is down on you to fix it. And that becomes an absolute nightmare. So I would always say to somebody, unless you're confident and you know exactly what you're doing, payroll is one of those areas that you really, really don't want to get wrong because it's not it's not you as a business owner's money that you're mucking up. It's the tax mm-hmm. of the employee that you're messing with. Mm-hmm. Not only do you, you might pay them wrong, but also if you've overtaxed them or undertaxed them, they could end up with a tax bill from HMRC. And the pension obligations. And, and the pensions as well, yeah. yeah. So there's lots of things that can go wrong that doesn't just affect the employer, but it affects the employee's livelihood as well. So for argument's sake, if you'd mucked up and you'd you put an extra digit on the on the pay and and rather than £799, you sent them £7,990. The amount of tax is deducted. <laughs> that to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and HMRC thinks they've had all this money. But if you don't know how to correct that and re-report the information to HMRC, next month, HMRC will then ask for a different amount of tax, what they should be taxed on, on their earnings. So it's not as straightforward mm. as just processing and filling in a form and clicking a button. There's a lot behind it. And then when we get into zero-hour contracts or employees oh, that are on um, you know, variable hours, it's an absolute HR minefield to get right with, with the holiday calculations. Um, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy at the moment with HMRC. They need to sort that out because it's it's beyond. It's beyond. <laughs> what are the pi- what are the fines? What are the fines like with HMRC if you get it wrong? Are they quite hefty or does it vary on things? They can be up to a hundred percent of the tax that are owed. Um, there's late filing penalties if you miss the deadlines. Um, it's a hundred pound late filing penalty, yeah, off the bat. Um, pension regulators, the, the pension regulators can fine as well. Um, oh, so 
So there's, there's not just HMRC in this issue. And the other problem that you've got is people don't understand the difference between what, in essence, is a hourly paid employee and a salary paid employee. And they might take an apprentice on who's mm-hmm. on £5.81 an hour for argument's sake, but they pay them a salary, but yet they, they work hourly and they pay them on an hourly rate. And that's fine for two months. But then on the third month, when there's five weeks in the month, they're then underpaid and you're breaking the law by paying them less than the minimum wage, even though the prior two months they would have received slightly more because of the way that the 12 months work. HMRC ignores that. And depending on the wording of your contract, if it stipulates that they're hourly paid, you've underpaid them below national minimum wage and you have broken the law. And again, you can be fined. And that's why I don't get involved in payroll. (laughs) 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 Because I screw that absolutely no way. Okay, fabulous. Um, We had this discussion the day. I spoke to um, a potential client who was chatting to us about the fact that he went at a table in a salon and this is more for people who want to employ staff rather than the employee um and so he was renting a table on a self-employed basis which happens all the time and the employer said to him well when clients ring and you answer the phone you need to say uh, hello my name is is blah from the, my salon and not your own self-employed business now, straight away, and, and unfortunately, this does happen across the board, probably with dog groomers more often. What are the implications of that? And I know we've touched on it before, but there's so many people out there that are renting a table being self-employed, but are wearing the owner's uniform, saying the owner's address, you know, uh, taking the owner's clients, etc. What are the implications to the employer for doing that and the employee? So from the employee perspective, there's not much that can come back on them in terms of um, HMRC side. Although there is, if 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 this person is truly self-employed, there is a form or calculator that you can do on HMRC that will, will help them guide and dictate what they should be, whether they should be an employee or whether they, they are self-employed. From the employer's perspective, and again, this differs whether you're operating as a limited company because we could be talking about IR35 and and disguised employees. But from the employer's perspective, if you've got somebody in your business that you're treating as a sole trader um, or a self-employed individual, but in essence, they really are and they really should be an employee because of the way that you're treating them, then you will be liable for all of the tax and national insurance that should have been deducted from that person's wages. And the money they receive will be treated as if that was their net pay. And when you go from net to gross, the amount of tax and national insurance that you have to pay over to reach that is is unbelievable. Um, just, just small amounts to gross things up. It's, it, it creates an awful large tax liability that the employer would be responsible for paying because they have done something and circumvented HMRC's rules around disguised employees. So if you dictate when that person should work, what work they should undertake, you ask them to wear a uniform or you ask them to identify themselves as part of your business using your business name and that employee doesn't work 
on a self-employed basis for any other clients, then that person looking at it from an outside perspective Mm -hmm. is really an employee. Um, And therefore, they should be on payroll. They should be entitled to holiday pay. They should be entitled to statutory sick pay, um, you know, and and they they should have a contract with you. And I know we've mentioned in the group before where they say, oh, well, I've got subcontractors and I haven't got a contract with that subcontractor. But there's a reason why there is a contract of service and a contract of services, depending on whether that person is an employee or a subcontractor. And both of those agreements specifically lay out who is responsible for the tax and national insurance for that individual. And if you don't have that agreement in place, first of all, with an employee, it's law. They have to have a contract. Um, But from a subcontractor perspective, you've got to protect your own business. That agreement should not only cover their tax position, but also who's responsible if they do something wrong. Does your insurance pay it or does their insurance pay it? Who puts it right? You know, what happens if they do something that brings negative attention to your business? Can you say to that person, I'm really sorry, but you can't work here anymore, Um, you know, because they're renting a space off you. So there's there's contingencies like that that you should really think about and and put, put processes in place to protect yourself. And you've got to remember that when you when you start going down the subcontractor route, it's brilliant to begin with because you've got somebody there that can help and you know you've you've got that little support and you don't have to worry about the tax obligations of it. But as things grow and develop, that subcontractor might stop being a subcontractor and become an employee. And you have to realize the point at which that happens, and you should be doing the right thing by then offering them a contract of employment and taking them on an employee basis. Protect yourself, protect the person, and do what's right for the business. And the thing is, I think in some cases, people just don't realise that they can't do that. But I think in most cases, people do know that they shouldn't be doing that, and they just don't want to pay, you know, national insurance tax, you know, sick pay, holiday pay, pensions, um, and that's the sad thing. And I got the impression from this person that the, the owner probably did know what they were doing was wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, though, how are HMRC going to find out unless that person dobs you in? Is that is that realistically the only way they're going to find out? Yeah. Um, you've got to remember that HMRC is a complex beast and they have, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and whilst they say department doesn't talk to another department, that's only to benefit them when they don't want to put you through and don't want to deal with certain aspects. But when it comes to the investigatory powers, departments do talk to other departments and they will email certain aspects of the investigatory teams to let them know that this is what they found. Now, you ask about how would they find out that this person is. You guys all submit self-assessments. And on that self-assessment, there is a category for subcontractors. So Mm -hmm. there will be a cost allocated to the subcontractors. And there could be an algorithm at HMRC's end that says, what is the percentage of the subcontractor cost of your sales? And there could be a level that triggers, maybe not an investigation, but a cursory look just to see whether or not there is something going on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you will get businesses that rely solely on subcontractors, get that. But you've got to remember the common practice is, is that businesses grow and then they start to employ people. So. It could be a customer tips them off. It could be that the 
the disgruntled um, subcontractor who believes that they should now be receiving holiday pay, they're losing out on holiday pay, um, that they tip HMRC off. Mm. Um, and it could just be luck of the draw. You know, so there are there are different mechanisms that HMRC can use to look into that. So basically, just don't do it. If you listen and you are an employer and you're unsure or maybe you're thinking, or you're listening to this and thinking, shit, that's me, and you panic, <laughs> um, then please don't panic. Just give us a shout or drop us a message. Or if you have an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone, then just go and speak to them and explain the situation and it can be resolved. Um, and if you're on the flip side of that, if you are a subcontractor renting a table, which this is where this happens most, and you're wearing someone else's uniform and you're being told your hours and when you can go home and how many dogs you've got to groom, then it's something to really seriously think about because obviously you're missing out. Um, I think it's, and- it's worth, just because it's worth, We are, at the moment we talk about the employer's perspective, but from the subcontractor's perspective here, you're running your own business as a mm. subcontractor. You dictate your prices. Yeah. So, so if you want more money, you can tell that person, I'm putting my prices up because I am a subcontractor and therefore I can charge you what I want. So mm. that's one of the pitfalls of having a subcontractor is at any time they can come to you and say, my day rate or my dog rate is now X. And they can give you a little bit of notice, but there's nothing you can do. The, the yeah. option you've got is stop using them or agree to their new price. Whereas if they're an employee, you have greater control over the salary because you give them extra benefits, then this the amount that they get paid can be lower than what a subcontractor generally is. But again, there's additional things that you can claim in your accounts if they're an employee. We have seen training costs being paid for by the employer for a subcontractor. Now, for me, that's a big no-no because why are you paying for some subcontractors training? It should be them covering their Mm. own training fees because ultimately it's their business and therefore they should be investing in themselves to be able to offer better services, better, you know, the way that they do things, they can improve their abilities. So again, that comes back to if you're paying for the training, is this person really an employee or are they a subcontractor? And if you have to pay for the training because you need them that badly, then maybe they should be an employee because you need to secure them. But then you can take them out on on staff parties and you can claim up to £150 per year per member of staff um, to take them out to, to, you know, to, to have days away. Um, you can't do that with a subcontractor. So if you are claiming for taking that subcontractor at Christmas, unfortunately, it goes to your drawings and you don't get tax relief on it. Whereas if it's an employee, you receive tax relief on it. So, you know, pros and cons. Yeah, no fab. Um, Cost-wise then for hiring, uh, for taking on an employee, obviously we can't really go into the ins and outs of how much it's going to cost as in tax and national insurance-wise because it would differ depending on what you're doing with that person but as far as getting someone else to do the payroll and like us for example um what should people be looking to pay if they had a uh, one employee on a monthly payroll because i think the misconception is as well is a that oh, i can't get an employee it's really expensive or b i don't want to be paying loads and fees to do the payroll yeah we are in the process of changing our fee structure actually to make this much more easier and transparent for all of our clients. Um, so 
our fees going forward, we are charging £10. This, these are all net, so they have to have VAT on them, unfortunately. That's not down to us, but HMRC. Um, but we <laughs> charge £10 per pay run, plus I think it is £6.50 per employee. Um, and so on a monthly basis for one employee, you'd pay £16.50 plus VAT. So for two employees, you'd add another £6.50 on, and so on as the number of, of employees increase. Weekly on the weekly side, um, you'll be paying again. It's the ten pound per payroll run plus two pound fifty per employee, um, and we are going to be updating all of our clients onto that new pricing structure just to make it much easier, much transparent. So as you as you grow, as you lose a member of staff, that price will be reflective of the employees that you have, um, and. And again, we we had a um, an inquiry in the week that said, well, I just want basic payroll. I, I don't want the portal. I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want basic payroll. Um, and unfortunately, we don't water down our services because payroll is such a complex area. Too many variables. There's Things too change. many variables. We want every employer to have access to the portal so that they can get their reports. We want them to be able to go in and see the employee's payslip. We want the employees to know that come payday, they can log into their app and their payslip is there for them so they can check for any discrepancies. If they go for a mortgage application, they have all of their payslips there in that portal and they can go back as far as time began that we started doing <laughs> that payroll for them. Um, you know, you lose documents and when you print payslips off, you lose your P60s and you think, oh, I'm not going to need that. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of time to fill in the self-assessment. And it needs your P60, and you can't get copies. Yeah. You need a P45. Again, I get all that all the time. People don't know how to get their P45s, or you know, it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And now imagine from an employer's perspective, where they've had so many staff come and go, and they've got members, ex-members of staff that are coming back saying, I want copies of this, and I want copies yeah. of that. The admin time that takes is just, you know, it adds up. And it's stuff that, as an employer, I personally wouldn't want to be dealing with. So by giving the employee all this access to this data and saying to them, "You've it's, it's in the app, you access it, you download it, you store it, it's yours, it's there, it takes that burden away from the employer as well. Yeah, I've got a question from yeah. Karen. Uh, my question is, how much can you pay someone, i.e. my 18-year-old daughter doing some odd hours without having to do payroll? Um, I can't answer that one. Yeah. So that one's um, if they've not got no other job, um, no other income, then it is one hundred and twenty-three pounds a week maximum that they can have without having to put it through payroll. Yeah. So okay. anything over that, they have to report it via RTI, um, and that and that's not like per individual member of staff either. So if you currently run a payroll, it's not the threshold at which you can then add a person on. So if you run a payroll already then it doesn't matter what the employee earns, they must be on it. But if you don't run a payroll scheme and you have a member of staff, you can pay them £123 a week before you've got to register for RTI with HMRC. However, they must still receive a payslip and they are still entitled to every other benefit that would be as as an employee. Um, Now, the 123 is quite a key mark because below that, they're not entitled to some of the statutory benefits. So it's worth looking into. 
So this may be like a stupid question, but obviously I don't do payroll, so I don't know. Why does it? Why if they don't have a payroll, they can do it for 123 pound a week, but if they already run a payroll, they can't. Why? Because if they if they run a payroll, then everything should be reported on that payroll to HMRC. But also, if you think about it, if you're already running a payroll with staff on, um, from the accounts preparation wise, we have to check that the reports within the payroll system balance and marry up against the money that you've paid the members of staff. And if you've got some on the system and some off the system, that is never going to work. And then trying to find the error, whether you've underpaid or overpaid Mm. somebody, it would be impossible. So HMRC says that if there's no other employees, and again, just because that employee is earning less than £123 a week with you, and you think, great, I don't have to run a payroll, and they receive a state pension, or they have another job, or they get another job after they started with you, you must run a payroll. You must run it via RTI. So again, just because you start off with it without one, you you have to keep an eye on it, because if they get a second job, and somebody on £123 a week could have (laughs) one job. Yeah. I was going to say, unless you are young, because yeah. no one else is going to survive on that and then that very good one which we always mention when we talk about payroll and I know it comes up and obviously not the same people are going to be listening to this and this is uh, quite a good tip if someone has their like 13 year old niece or nephew that's helping out and they want to pay them how does that work because I know you mentioned this a few times which is a little bit of a, a tip for people if they do have yes. family members or like people on work experience or something yeah so this all comes down to the age. Now, I've mentioned about the £123 a week, but anybody below the age of 16 that doesn't have a national insurance number doesn't go on a payroll because they're below that age threshold. So they can be paid more than £123 a week, but again, you still have to give them a pay slip. Now, they also can't be paid an inflated value of what you'd pay somebody else to do that job. So you couldn't employ your son or daughter and pay them 12 grand a year just to wash (laughs) the bath out once a week. It just doesn't work. So it has to be reflective of... Yes, Josie. (laughs) (laughs) Got my clean stuff ready. (laughs) So, yeah, so so young people um, can (laughs) can be paid. It can be a business expense. They don't have to go on the payroll, but with them being a young person, and this is where HR comes into play, Mm. that you have to abide by the working time directive for a young worker. And there is quite specific hours that they can and can't work, depending on whether or not it's a school night, a weekend, or a school holiday. You have to observe Mm. the breaks that they're entitled to. and it can be quite complex. And in some cases, you do have to inform your local council. So please, please be mindful of that. But in order to help with that, we have actually partnered with a HR specialist. And we are now... I was able- literally just about to say that. <laughs> so any- yeah, from anything from one-offs to ongoing support, um, if you get in touch with us, if you if you want to, to have access to that payroll specialist, we can put you in touch with them. And like I said, if it's just a one-off issue that you need help with, it's dealt with on a case-by-case basis. 
So you'll get a fixed fee to help you through that process from start to finish. Uh, but if you have a little bit of a larger team and you want the ability to pick up the phone, ask as many questions as you want and just have that reassurance uh, on a month by month basis, there's a there's a, a subscription package that you can go on as well. And the knowledge so, really. The yes. Kind of, the HMRC yeah. legislation changes so much. Mm. It's the same as like accounts. It's just having somebody that knows that knowledge rather than having to find the change that got updated whatever month that it was changed. Yeah. They, they yeah. were up to date and especially with contracts as well so if yes. you've got uh, employees or subcontractors so and you haven't got a contract or you have and you're not sure um if it's any good then that is something now that we can help you with so again both sides for the employee or the employer yeah the contract is so important to get it correct yeah yeah so if you need help with that then give us a shout um so basically in a nutshell don't do your own payroll um get someone to do it literally I, I'm glad you do it because I couldn't be arsed for that like, it just sounds like it sounds like too much hassle and you know this is where me and Lee met um because um as I started the business and people wanted payroll I was like absolutely not no interest um so this is when I found Lee um on a dating site and we, uh, I swipe left <laughs> I stalked him and basically said, please be my payroll man. Um, and he, that's how our relationship blossomed uh, because Lee, I subcontracted the work to Lee um, and he did the payroll. Um, and then, you know, we've not looked back since, have we, Pell? No, we haven't. It's worked out really well. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we're, we're expecting not. our first child. <laughs> yeah, expecting our first. No, we're not. Um, that would be a miracle. So um, <laughs> slightly digress there. So, yes, if you do uh, want payroll and you do want to have a chat to us about it, then again, just uh, drop us an email, uh, vicky at thomasandclark.co.uk. Or if you want to speak to Lee, just put Lee in front of it. Or if you want to speak to Geordie, put Geordie in front of it. Um, and we will give you a shout or, you know, if you've got your own, then have a chat with them. And like I say, any of the HRE stuff um, that can be also quite complicated, then let us know because we have partnered up uh, with a lovely HR specialist um, that's going to help our clients out with various different things. Um, I hope that has helped. Um, I've tagged a few people in who asked uh, some questions. Obviously, payroll is a very complex topic and we can't go massively in depth um, because it is individual and it just really depends on, you know, what you do and where your salary, hourly, weekly, monthly, and would be here forever. Uh, but I hope that's given people enough information to go away and think about what they want to do. It is not massively expensive to have an employee. And, you know, it's the only way really going to grow the business is to hire people. Otherwise, you're just going to stay as you are. So that's why we've gone from a team of three to a team of 10 now. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. So hopefully that's helped. Again, any questions, just put them in the comments. If you're watching this later on uh, or if you listen to the podcast, give us a shout. Um, and we will be back next week. Oh, uh, go. Oh, oh. We have some exciting news. We have we? partnered with Savvy. Oh, yes. So I just want to give Savvy a quick shout out. Um we will be getting Savvy on uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time to be doing a live with those, a software yeah. demonstration for, for all of the pet groomers, the walkers, the boarders. There is going to be a software solution mm -hmm. uh, which could fit a lot of the people within this group. 
Um, and we, we, we often see comments um, like uh, no-shows and deposits and other bits and pieces like that. And Savvy are nailing it in that sector, giving employee, uh, sorry, employers and, and business owners the ability to, to charge up front and making sure that they can grow their businesses um, whilst maximizing their profits and, and allowing you to track things as well. So there's lots of exciting things coming yeah. from Savvy, and I'm really, really excited to see how this relationship develops with yeah. them. And, and how we can work closely with, with our clients as well because of the integrations that that software has with the accountancy side. So lots of things coming, quite exciting. It's very, very early doors at the moment, but certainly over the next week or so, you are going to start to see a few more posts about the software. Um, so if you are interested in demonstrations, like a free demo, reach out to us. We'll put you in touch with, with Helen, uh, who I'm hoping that's going to be the right person, but she's sat <laughs> watching at the moment. So I'm it's not. Sorry, Helen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Everyone speak to Helen. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's when, whenever a business grows, software becomes integral to that growth because without it, there's so much time constraints with the admin side and there's so much that software can automate. And by accepting that, you're freeing up your time to do other bits and pieces. So getting the right software is key to anything. Um, I, I'm a techie. I I love tech. And if there's an if I can, I know, yeah. But if if I can find software to replace <laughs> it and, and, and free me up, then I'll go for it. Shortcut yeah. software, you yeah. know what it is. And yeah. it links it links to the accountancy software. I know um, it links to <coughs> shitbooks, um, <laughs> and uh, we are in you know in talks with them to to do other softwares as well. Obviously, it's not an easy thing just to integrate a software. It's very very technical, so it's not like an easy fix. But uh, it is something that's on the cards, and that we are in discussions uh, with Savvy about to make it easier. Because obviously, if everything's linked, we've got Savvy Pay as well. Um, if everything's linked together, it's just going to make your lives and our, our lives a lot easier and everything's going to be in one place. So like Lisa has really good fees mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I think it so, does compete with low pay. Um, so, you know, there's loads of things. And like I say, we'll get them on. We'll give you guys some more information. Like I said, it's not just for groomers. Uh, it's for boarders and walkers as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of exciting stuff to come through that. Um, so if you start seeing uh, Savvy around, that is why, um, because we've partnered with them. Um, and hopefully, yes, I will try and get them on in the next couple of weeks. If not, you will see our lovely faces again next Wednesday, maybe without Jodie, unless we can drag her on. Or maybe we should do like a team Wednesday and just drag one of them on um, every <laughs> week just to embarrass them. So yeah. The yeah, you'll see Jodie back in 2024. Oh, ten week cycle. Ten week cycle. Yeah. I'm sick that day though. Yeah, Jodie's ill in ten weeks. Um, <laughs> but no, um, we hope you've really enjoyed it. As ever, just pop in the comments if there's any topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, nothing is is out of boundaries of what was the word? Not out of bounds. Out of bounds. That's a bound. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so anything you want us to talk about, just pop in the comments uh, or give us a shout. Otherwise, we will see you guys next Wednesday, probably at the normal time. 
um, of 6pm uh, and we'll keep you updated on, on the topic uh, throughout the week. Before and, yeah. we do go. Oh, for God's sake, this I, is I a know, bad time. Like, I'm it's nice. Oh, talk, let me talk. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> I just wanted to say that um, certainly if you are our clients, you are going to start to see emails coming from a lady called Emma. Emma has just joined the team um, and she is going to be helping us do the self-assessment side of things. So she's going to be asking you for bank statements, Mm -hmm. for all of your personal details, basically everything we need to clone you and steal your details. But it is a genuine email. (laughs) And it's because she's looking to do the self-assessments for us. So um, she's she's joined us. uh, She started Monday. Um, She spent the last two days with me and Vic, bless her. Um, And now she's, yeah, she survived. She enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, so she's started to send a couple of emails out so anything from Emma at thomasandclark.co.uk is a legitimate and genuine email. Um, and do you know what? She's lovely. Uh, she really is. We'll track her on. Nice person. Yeah, we'll track her on. Um, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. We'll track her on. Idea. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, and we really we realise the reason we've mentioned it is um, because last time when we've had new starters, me and they failed to tell anybody. And then me and him got a barrage of emails going, who's this person? Why have they asked me for this? Is this legit? Is it a scam? Um, so no, it's not a scam. Uh, Emma is lovely, and she is going to be working on the self assessments and the partnership side with me. Um, and yeah, we will get her on once she's a bit more settled in. We don't want to scare her too much. Yeah, um, we've already done enough of that over the last two days. So um, I'm glad you like say, Emma and not me on you, but that's okay. yeah. You're fine, Jodie. You're family, so you're, you're you're not your Lee sisters. You ain't going anywhere. So we can have. we can abuse you as much as we want. Um, we also have a new. Um, Apprentice as well. Uh, I very much doubt he'll want to come on as he's only 16, bless him. He'd probably be like, absolutely not. But if, if he does, we'll bring him on. Um, so again, you might hear his name, um, Adam. So again, it's not a scam or spam if you get any emails from either of those. Anyway, anything else? No, I think Your Highness, <laughs> no, you good? You sure? He'll let you back up again and then interact. Yeah, and then, yeah, and one thing before we go. Uh, But as always, have a great week, everyone. We will catch you uh, next week. And yeah, it'll be me and Lee going, so I'll drag them on. And yeah, have a good week and we'll catch up with you then. All right, cheers, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.